Wait. Oh, man. This is Jacob Ross with JLB Morelia. This is Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. You're listening to the Herpeticulture Podcast. Enjoy. This is. Welcome, everybody. This is episode 80 of the Herpeticulture Podcast. I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. I'm Jacob Brods of JLB Morelia. And we're joined again. Because Jake wanted a, a quote-unquote redo. Yes. I want him here, too. It's not just that. But Sean Wagner of MP Cages and Exotics has returned from the great great wilds of Colorado. Yay. Yeah. Woo. What's up, buddy? <sighs> Crowd goes wild. How you fine gentlemen doing this evening? Uh, I'm I got, tired. I got a monster. I got a cigar. Good to go. That's good. I wish I had a monster. I don't have one. I can't drink monsters this late. Oh man, that first sip it like touches your your soul. Oh, that crisp, that oh, that just that that the whole body oh, just that, gets chills. That bite, that bite that you <laughs> get with that first sip. Oh, nothing beats it. Especially bursting in the morning. Anymore. Oh, you can't drink at all. No, I can. It's just if I drink one. Now. So with me, if I drink a monster, I go to sleep. Oh shit! <laughs> it's actually a sleeping remedy. So, and I have to stay awake for the next, you know, 12 hours. So, yeah. Oh, oh well, that's fun. That's why you make the switch to bangs, dude. Those will really get oh, you jacked. No. Start my morning off with a star blast. Those will get you messed up. Oh. The thing with bangs is they come up with some weird flavors. And it they throws do. me off. And, like, they have, like, birthday cake, and they're like, yeah, it's with natural flavors. I'm like, there's... Are you like pulling what is cakes off a that? tree and then like <laughs> I was <laughs> and bubble gum and unicorn whatever that's supposed to be I didn't like that one that's definitely all natural yep made with oh, real yeah. unicorn yeah it's from the horn they grind it down to a little dust <laughs> mix it with some creatine and caffeine and a bunch of other chemicals you can't pronounce and you're good yeah you have. Like You're ready to bang. You're officially a bangster. Dude, I can I can only think about that video yeah. now whenever we talk about bang. A manly flavor like bubble gum. <laughs> uh, I usually great. drive my Hummer, but it's in the shop. My Hummer's in the shop. Oh, anyways, oh. what is new, Jake? Oh, you're such new. a stranger now. Yeah, man. I just, I've been so busy. lonely here at my table I've in the garage. Busy. I'm sorry. Instead of staring at you, I just doodle on my notepad. It is officially back next week. I'm pretty sure I said that last week, but I said You and it said that happen. for like a month straight. So, I did not say that for a month straight. <laughs> Thank you very much. I only, We only just brought it up last week and it didn't uh, happen. Yeah. Look. All right. How are the how are the babies doing? They're fantastic, man. They all ate their first go round, so that was really really exciting. Um, but I have one. I don't know if you guys know anything about this or anybody listening knows about this. It's got it's one baby. Its belly button is like open. 
That happened to me. It's like it's just yeah, like a happens. little slit there. Like, do I just like let it heal up? Do I need to keep it disinfected somehow? I feel or... like Riley dealt with that. I'm sure Billy has too at some point. Yeah, I should probably ask. I haven't worried about it. Like, it doesn't look bad. Like, I think it was a little chunky in the area. Like, I just assumed it got some extra yolk, but it ate fine. Don't get wrong. It, did, it, did, it didn't shed the best, but it ate a fuzzy. So. It didn't have any mystery lumps? No, I can't. No, no weird lumps. I can't personally say it's 100% the right thing to do, but when I had that happen a few times, I just leave it on uh, more of a moist paper towel. For longer, mm-hmm. it seemed to work. It closed up. Hmm. No. Hmm. I don't know. I just been kind of letting it ride and treating them like normal. I didn't sex that one or the because I think that was the other twin. There's one that's the definite. Oh twins. yeah. I, I it's small as all get out. Like it's literally the smallest carpet I've ever seen. Um, so I know that's one of them. And then it's kind of a toss-up between two others that are the, – the one that has the open belly button is the one I'm guessing is the other twin um, because it is kind of small, and then it had you know the whole that whole thing. So I'm just kind of guessing. And then there's one other that's on the smaller side but not that small. So I'm just kind of making a guess at the other one. I didn't sex those two because, like I said, the one had the open belly button. It just seemed a little fragile, and the other one was so small I was scared to squeeze it. <laughs> so I did not want to break her. But I did think I tried once for both, and I think they're females. Um, but that's obviously going to have to be redone once they grow a little bit more. I mean, is like the, the belly button thing, though, or the uh, umbilicus is it i mean is it like whole open like does it seem to it, be closing and healing yeah it, it seems like it had closed it seemed like it had closed a little bit it just looks like a cut kind yeah, of yeah yeah i need to check it out again but i mean I it's not an I, open I it's not like an open yeah no oh okay yeah i've had a few i had a few uh chondros so. that seemed like that that little sort of slit stuck around for a, like an abnormally long time yeah but I don't know. It's acting fine. So. So I remember that from, I'll say, the ball pythons that I had back in the day that I did breed there. That happened quite often. I would say almost one at every clutch, just the belly button stayed a little more open for a while. Huh. Did you ever deal with, uh, was it hard belly? So, hard belly, I ran across that in the bat eaters I produced. The retic burn crosses when yeah, I produced right. those guys. But wasn't like all into, of them? Wasn't all of them. Um, I want to say we had the first clutch that I had was 22 babies, and oh 10 of them 10 of them died from heart, we presume, is hard belly. Because mm-hmm. I remember seeing a video about it. I don't remember where. This was a long time ago, but uh, apparently, like, the fix is, is you just more or less like massage that stuff out. I I don't remember mm-hmm. exactly what they said it was, but it was something egg related, I believe. But it was just this like hard, Not almost like, like a calcium thing. Yeah, it was almost like a urate. It it seemed like, but yeah, I'll have to find ask. a video and see if I can figure out which one it was because it was interesting. And they were like, "Yeah, this is easily fixed. You just like squeeze it out." Hmm. So, I didn't have that much luck. Yeah, <laughs> damn. Of course, that was with ball pythons. That's I don't nice. know how different it would be with those, but. 
Yeah, I wonder if that's like a calcium thing or what. I'll have to do some research on it because now I'm curious. Yeah. So that that was back in 2008, and when I was talking to a gentleman about it who was helping me get through that or try to get through that, um, his understanding was it was something goes wrong with the absorption of the yolk, and so the yolk actually hardens inside, and that's that rock yeah. you've got in there. I can see that too. Yeah. I just I'm familiar with it with ball pythons. I haven't really experienced it anywhere else. Hmm. Well, I've only had two clutches. I haven't had that issue yet. So, yeah, I don't know. I wonder if like arboreal species though, like you wouldn't see that as much of an issue because they're you know they're not sitting on a plane, so to speak. Like they you know like a terrestrial species would. Mm-hmm. Right. But. uh I but what's new with you, uh, Smitty? Yeah. And then after Smitty, we'll go we'll go to Sean. The um, I got a ton of Vitatus froglets as usual. I'm trying to get some sold so I can get two more variability Southerns and hope that I have a male for my female. As far as dart frogs go, uh, Ranatomea vanzellini are producing regularly. My imitator Veradero already starting to reproduce. I'm, I think I have a tadpole in a canister, and there's one that keeps hanging out in the canister. One of the adults. So, that's cool. Uh, got the first Baird's Clutch. I don't remember if we... I think that happened after yeah. last week's episode. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I can't remember if we talked about the Baird's yet or not. But whether we did or we didn't, yeah. I got five eggs in the incubator. They're all looking really good. Um, I may pair that female again later this year. Apparently, double cl- yeah. double clutching with them isn't that uncommon. So... I'm, I'm gonna beef her back up, get her, get her. I mean, she's already sprung back really well, but start pumping some more food in her and give her a little more extra calcium, and probably throw the male back in, you know, in three months or whatever, and see what happens. Yeah. And then the you two always, corns. You can always think. You can always think about adding like a supplement to her food to try and. Yeah, know, yeah. I've been dusting a little extra. Talking to David, uh, David Brahms, who who talked about uh, on the last episode of the Condrocast with Ian Bissell. We talked about supplementation and, and extra calcium for females, and uh, David was taking like Pangea or Rapashi gecko food, and like basically dusting the back half of the mouse with that, mm-hmm. um, which is nice because it has fats and proteins and supplements and stuff. You know, every it's a complete diet. So uh, he was using that. I've just been taking some calcium plus, which has trace amounts of other vitamins and supplements, but it's mostly calcium. Uh, and dusting my mice with that, just because I have it for the so dart frogs. Dust? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I figure if it's safe enough for tiny, delicate dart frogs, a little bit on the ass end of a mouse will probably not hurt. Yeah, I don't see why not. Because the way I see it, and I'm not a doctor or nothing, but uh, you know, even a, a even a little bit of calcium is probably going to help them, you know, lighten the the physiological load in a sense, to where they're not yeah. having to use so much of their own from, you know, their bones or whatever. Right. So. Very excited. Those should those should hatch around 4th of July, methinks. Um, other than that, I got to put the male chondra back with the female. I've been alternating, like, feeding her a week, putting the male in for a week, feeding her for a week, putting the male in. So he's due to go back in. Um, Any more action from them? Uh, the last time I put them together, they were locked up like the first day or that first morning. Uh, and then 
they hadn't shown any interest in each other after that. So I don't know. They've I've seen more locks sooner this time around than the first time. So I'm thinking something will happen. Just uh, just gotta keep keep waiting and hoping that the uh, that it took one of them did at least. Yeah, for sure. What about you, Sir Wagner? What you got? What you got cooking over there? Animal wise, uh, nothing. Not till next year. But uh, you have other goodies, though. I have other <laughs> goodies. Other other goodies is so. I had the way it was put to me is I asked uh, on the new cage design where it's kind of puzzle pieced and stuff like that. And people can you know click it together. First person put it together um, a couple days ago, and his response when I asked him how it was to put it together was his 11-year-old daughter took him took her 15 minutes to put it together. <laughs> nice. So, was, it a, was it a cage? Yeah, it was a nice. three foot long, 18 inches deep, two foot tall. Nice. So that was the goal was to try and make this process easier for people to put these things together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a win if 11 year old takes 15 minutes and gets it done. Yeah, absolutely. So you think you're gonna ride with that uh, that design for most of your stuff, or are you gonna incorporate that into racks as well? So I've already incorporated it into racks, which the first set of those will actually land tomorrow, and I'll ask there for their feedback on how they feel about that. Um, but for the racks, it's literally it's. It takes me about 15 to 20 minutes to put together. I've got uh, like a container store. It's 10 high mm-hmm. for a little container store shoebox. It takes me about 15 to 20 minutes to click that together and put screws in it. Mm-hmm. So average person, I'd say a half hour. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it took I've me about that long with... to put my rack together. And that was without the, yeah. the puzzle piece sort of style. And but I'm, with this, I'm you don't engineeringly have... and build build handicapped. That's me. I can't. I'm bound. To, I'm bound to screw it up somewhere. So, but the best part about this is it just clicks into place. There's no aligning. You don't have to say, "Oh, is it too far forward?" You don't have to make sure the fl- it's flush. It clicks into place, and that's where it goes. Right. There's not the it. The point is it. The point of it is to be ease of build. I can just put it down. Yeah. Click. 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 Roll it on its side, put it side piece, screw it, and you're good to go. And it, though, like that style uses less screws, right? Or is it pretty much the like the same amount just to reinforce it? So I probably overuse the net, you know, screws. Mm-hmm. So I put the same amount of screws in it because that's me and my brain. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I'd rather have too probably... many than not enough. That's for sure. Yeah, I want. I wouldn't be complaining about having a few screws. extras to to throw in there. Yeah, I don't think out of the ones that I have, I don't think they're too much. I don't think it's too many screws. I would say you could probably get away easily if if you wanted to go bare bones. You could put on the sides of a rack, unlike the container store one. I could put one screw on each side and two screws in the back for each shelf, mm-hmm. and that would hold that together plenty. I guess. I'm gonna have to give that a shot. I definitely, man. I got like a laundry list of stuff I need to s- start working on getting just for as far as racks and cages and stuff. Uh, oh yeah. I'm thinking about ditching the Neodisha that that big male Brettles is in. 
because I'd like to have something that I can sit that's flat on top because, you know, those neodysias are slanted, so I can't put another cage on yeah. top of that. And so I was thinking, yeah. get him in something kind of like what that female brettles is in, Jake. Mm-hmm. Something about that same size. Um, maybe like a, a little four bit. by two by may, two. Yeah, maybe slightly taller, probably a little taller. And then, Yeah, exactly. are you talking about the black cage? The white one, the melamine. The, okay, yeah, that one's 18 inches tall. The beast. I believe. So, yeah, I think, yeah, about a, two, a four by two by two would probably do him real well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, and then I can put the male's cube, the male green tree's cube on top of that. There you go. And just, that'll free up, like, I can, I can move those other cages around, and that'll free up another, uh, see, I can get rid of another wire rack, so... <clears throat> And see what you really need to do is when you get the four by two by two, get another two by two by two, and then have both the two by two by twos pushed together on top of one of your four by two. Yeah, make it all Mm. look all fancy and stuff. I don't. I mean, I worry about putting too much weight on that cage in the bottom, but Um, I will say that melamine that melamine cage is solid, bro. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's definitely solid. Yeah, yeah, that that sucker was heavy. I will say another testimonial for Sean's stuff is I have this giant like twenty uh, eighteen by eighteen by twenty four Exoterra that has the the blue jean dart frogs mm-hmm. that's sitting on top of the rack I got from Sean, and it's it's sturdy as hell, and that oh, tanks yeah, that man. tanks heavy. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's a half a bag of lava I, rock. Uh, that's one thing I do like about the PVC you use, Sean. It's thicker than other racks I've I've dealt with. Your yours is definitely sturdier than anything else I have. And I know that there are some companies that use three eighths inch uh, PVC. Yeah. Have you been getting more? Like yeah. Have you been getting a lot of like what's since we we had you on originally? Uh, have you been getting a lot of custom stuff? Like people wanting custom sizes, or has it been kind of a mix of that and just sort of standard? It's kind of a mix. Um, you know, getting quite a few people who they know what they want, but they don't quite know like how many or whatever. And yeah. so when I was like, AI standard, I've, I've done this, this fits your need. Mm-hmm. And it's this size. Does that work for you? And you, most of the time, it's yes. But I've had a couple people who are like, this is the space I have to work with. What can we do with this tub? And so I try to maximize it for them. See, that's awesome, man, because I feel like that's not something you could easily do with other companies. They're kind of like, sorry, what we have is what we have. This is what you get. If we don't have it, sorry. Yeah, because I mean, a lot, of people, a lot of people like specific tubs, man, like me. I'm one of those people. I like a specific tub, you know, and um, you know, I told John what I wanted, and bada bing, bada boom, he had it. Isn't it? It's funny yeah. how particular you get about that kind of thing, too. It, it, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm kind of OCD about it. Like, it, yeah, so everything's got to be matching. Everything's got to be the same. Yeah, I'm not that way. Yeah. I, <laughs> I I'm, do I'm love bad. the white the white rack. I'm I'm kind of yeah. sold on the white the white thing. Now. Yeah, I'm done with black PVC man. White all the way. I love having the white racks. How's uh how's Phil's rack coming along? I'm ang- I'm really anxious to see that that finished, like the end product. So I 
posted the picture. It's pretty much it's put together. Mm-hmm. Um, I am just trying to figure out lighting because I've never had the LED strip tape before. Yeah. And so I bought all this stuff, and then I realized I had to solder the connections together, and I didn't have that. So I've got to get that so I can mm-hmm. solder this up and get it installed. But uh, along the about three inches set back from the face of the rack, mm-hmm. I have a little little groove that runs down both sides, and it's going to have a strip of lighting on each side. Oh, nice. So it's going to be, like, uh, yeah. recessed. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and then especially because of the nature of his mm-hmm. um i actually put a center brace um mm-hmm. to keep to lock those shelves more in place right because i don't want you know a year or two years from now if sagging does develop and mm-hmm. there's just that little gap he's putting hot things in there and yeah, i don't yeah. want that to ever be an issue putting all kinds yeah. of weird stuff that that fills uh a... you he's... don't know what he's gonna put in it yeah there's no time <laughs> <laughs> But it's, I mean, it's awesome yeah, it's that, a that he, rack, man. yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that, that, that happened. Cause I mean, I really don't think there's a lot of people that are a brave enough to sort of tackle the whole like venomous rack sort of deal. And then be people who are willing to even put in the time with the customer to like figure out sort of the logistics behind it. Yeah. You Along know. with going with like custom, you know, sizes and wants, mm-hmm. you know, shit like that. Um, that's the biggest thing. It's like, I understand why they do standard sizes because if you're big enough, like sea serpents, they're busy as hell. They don't have the spare time to sit there and custom design, you know, a new rack every single week. Mm -hmm. I still have that time because I'm awake in the middle of the night, even on my days off and I can't be outside my, you know, my shop running machinery in the middle of my neighborhood piss off all my neighbors so i've got i use that time to design stuff i still have that flexibility Mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome and i guess that's you know one of the perks about doing stuff on a you know a smaller scale you know versus trying to go full-time yeah you can do little things like that and you know it can it can go along the lines of snake breeding as well you know it's the same same type of thing you know just smaller scale certain things you can and can't do you know being a full-time breeder versus you know mm-hmm. just a small-time private guy but i would say my biggest hurdle right now is dealing with shipping companies yeah i know that's and been then, kind of a rocky road what's the yeah. uh, i mean what's the biggest hang up with that is it just the uh is it like finding i know you were still on the hunt for boxes that fit that are like made custom, I guess. Um, so I've gotten, you know, instead of those telescoping type boxes, I've got actual boxes that I just make work. Mm-hmm. Um, I end up with extra space. That's okay. I, I can fill that space. I can pad that space and, and I'm accepting that and moving forward. Right. So it's not a, some perfect fit, but irregardless, um, we just had, so gentlemen got three boxes in for, three different key order, three cages. So I sent him three boxes. Um, you know, he, he's, he right off the bat, he's like, Hey, only two showed up, you know? All right. I try to make, you know, call. And this time it was UPS and I called them and they're like, it still shows in transit. Okay. That's all. That's all they know right then is it still shows in transit. 
okay. But, you know, he's showing me pictures of the boxes they delivered and one of the corners is crushed in a little bit, you know, it's crushed in and you, you can see that. And I'm like, so like, okay, but how is, you know, but everything, the contents were in good shape still. So we're, I, that's fine. It happens, you know, but next morning, all of a sudden that third package is damaged and it's coming back to me. Jeez. Now shipping companies have a bad habit of putting that the recipient refused the package when the recipient never even sees the package. Mm-hmm. Cause he would have gladly have taken what he could get because he's got like one and three quarter like cages now. Yeah. Because the sides, the sides were in one box and that's the box coming back. So he's got two incomplete cages, one complete cage and two incomplete cages because the sides were in a different box. So he would have gladly just taken the box. I would just replace whatever's damaged. Right. And go from there, but they won't allow that because their reasoning was the recipient refused it, even though he never saw it. Jesus, this is so bizarre. So, like I, I, I don't order a lot of large items like this on a regular basis, but I mean the handful that I have, like furniture and stuff, I never had an issue. Like I don't understand how it's so consistently jacked up for other people, but then you have another percentage of the populace that's like, I never have a problem. That's probably because I'm not big enough to throw my weight around and complain and get my way. I'm just a little guy who gets shoved over into the corner with, they just tell me, oh, there's nothing we can do. Have a nice day. Click. Yeah. All right. But I mean, have, okay, you, then. Yeah, have you been using UPS more? Because I know you, you like swore off FedEx. But yeah. Has UPS been uh, working out better overall? So far, we've got. Um, UPS FedEx was about for me was about one out of three packages getting damaged and UPS is now one for five so the odds are better so far yeah but that could change (laughs) yeah yeah that's got to be super Um, frustrating dude I mean when you're like shipping that stuff isn't cheap either you know and it's it's no, fine, it's like when the when the customer's paying for it, that's one thing. But then when you have to like send out stuff on your dime because it, you know, because they can't get yeah. it from A to B in one piece. Yeah, you know, and yeah. it's like it's nothing's more crushing than you know, a you being excited about somebody getting one of your racks, and b the recipient being excited about this new rack. All of a sudden, he gets it in and it's crushed. Like that shit sucks, man. It is frustrating, to say the least. It's a lot of work for it to get sent around and broken. Yeah. So with FedEx on that last package, in the end, they said it was my fault that the package was damaged. Oh, my God. And the contents (laughs) were damaged. wasn't in your hands, but it's your fault. Yeah. So... (laughs) And and, and uh, so there was uh, foam, so the, like three quarter inch foam that I lined the box with, basically on each side of it. When I got that box back, none of the foam was in there. Nice. Oh my Jesus! So, like, how does that even happen? And when I had brought up and I put my little like claim in to see if they would, you know, be responsible and take accountability for damaging stuff, and they said, "Nope, you improperly packaged it because there wasn't enough cushion." 
And I was like, well, this is what this was in there. And I, you know, already detailed the way I pack stuff. And they're like, well, that wasn't documented as being in the box when it, when it was damaged. So we don't believe you basically. And you need to pack your stuff. Jeez. So I'm like, well, I can't prove it's there because it's not there. And I didn't, you know, take a picture of it beforehand. Yeah. Well, Man, now just start snapping pictures of your boxes. Yeah, but even then you shouldn't off. have to do that, you know? It's yeah, like it's it's so like insurance. Like the moment they have to pony over dough when they're you know, more or less getting free money. They're like yeah, no. It's like your money and according yeah. to an eye, but house always wins. They won't give you anything. House always wins. Yep. So I'm in the process of trying to figure out a more effective way to protect the product. But Every effective way adds like $75. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And I... so I'm not wanting to do that because I'm trying to keep it affordable for people. Because at that point, you might as well pay the, you know, $74, $74 more than what I'm going to charge you for flat pack and me just freight it to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Put together and ready to go. Right. So trying to keep, trying to find that balance right now. Right. That's yeah. something I've always I've always been really curious about, you know, just with shipping stuff like that is where you source like all the packing materials alone. Like where do you get foam? Do you just buy it in sheets? So um I about it's about twenty miles or so for me is a shipping supply company and that's all they do is sell oh, boxes and shipping and packaging and stuff like that. So I've gotten with them and so I'm ordered a it's half inch foam just on a roll and it's a 250 foot roll that every foot is perforated so I can tear it off. That's two feet wide. So that'll just be my base layer. I can just, mm-hmm. Oh, when I get a box set up, I can just pull it off, cut it out, fit it to the bottom, pull it off, put it on top and, you know, pack the sides and, and I'm doing, I've gone to the like heavy duty bubble wrap and stuff like that. I've ordered a bunch of that stuff trying to just figure out what's going to be the best space filler. Yeah. Right. Did you, I know you were building some stuff for an expo. Does that, did that expo happen or did that get canceled because of COVID? It definitely did not happen. (laughs) It, It got pushed back to July 11th. And then it got pushed back again to July 18th. And as of right now, we have no clue if it's going to go. It's still on the schedule, but Colorado's weird. Yeah. And doesn't want to open anything up. Hmm. And unfortunately, the city it's in is one of the more impacted cities in the state. So, Uh, wow. Might be for the best then, as unfortunate as it is. Yeah. That also gives you more time to sort of prep and get stuff pre-made, yeah. right? Yeah, that's the hope. Um, and with everything going on, I mean, I'd already, I paid for three tables worth of space. And if it comes down to it, um, there's actually a, a local guy here um, who does uh, like lychees and gargoyle geckos and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if it comes down to me not being able to fill my space 100%, if I just don't have the time or whatever it works out, he's just I'm going to ask him to fill that spot, fill up a table, and so he can bring his stuff in for cheap and 
then it gives me someone that I know I can sit there and talk to at least. Yeah. It sounds so. like you've been getting a lot of, at least a handful of gecko people buying stuff. Yes. So, um, I met him actually, he bought one of my racks and then I've been talking to him a lot and that's Enzo reptiles. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're down, they're down in the Colorado Springs, which is where that show is at in that area. Um, and he's referred a couple of people to me now that I'm actually working on some custom stuff for a guy for some leopard geckos. Um, so that's good. It's good stuff. Nice. I've, okay, uh, I, I got to pause for a second. What is that noise? What noise? I keep hearing like, it sounds like somebody like taking paper and like, just like rolling out like a stick pad, like a, like a, did you do that? Can y'all not hear that? <laughs> Are you serious right now? Oh, I, I mean, I, I, I know have... what you're talking about, but I don't know what it is. So you can hear it too? Yeah. Huh. I don't know. It, it was distracting me so hard. <laughs> I'm sorry. I guess continue. Leopard gecko no. rack. That's where we're Leopard gecko rack, yeah. Yes. So... He's current. The gentleman who I was talking to is currently using 15 quart bins for his hatchling leopard geckos, which is quite large for a hatchling leopard gecko. So mm-hmm. I'm doing a 45 bin hatchling rack for him, most likely here in the next week or two. Nice. Um, and he's an employee for one of the reptile stores down there as well. And I guess this will be like my. Uh, show to whether or not i'm going to supply that store oh wow good stuff so that would be really awesome man yeah work yeah you got anything coming up that you're excited about any particular builds that you're uh you know wanting to do or in the process of doing Um, it was actually fun. So for Carly, I just put together her six foot long, two foot deep, three foot high cage that she ordered. Yeah. I think that came out really nice. Yeah, she is. That came out. It came out really good. See, I want to do something bigger like that for the Poiga when they get, you know, the adult sizes. Yeah. I feel like those, like that's, that's what you're, if you're going to go all out, like that's, that's one of the species to do it with. Cause you know, they'll use all that space. Yeah, if you're going to do it, do it right. And then you can do some, you know, ceiling-mounted hides in there and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Dude, mine, like, I live lo- in there. I love, I love those uh, PVC-mounted hides that you that you had in the, uh, that uh, I believe is the water python cage that you built. Or the uh, white lip python. Yeah. Yeah, but I love those arboreal hides, man, that, that, were, that were just built in. That was... Oh, that was great. Yep. That was that was good. I think that guy's happy with it. Got the one mounted all the way to the ceiling, one that's mounted halfway up, more or less. And the one that's halfway up is about 12 inches, well, about 14 inches or so below yeah. the heat panel. So the animal can go in the hide or it can rest on top of the hide mm-hmm. as like a little, a little perch shelf area and get that heat from the heat panel if it wants. And there's a hide all the way to the ground. So if it wants to be there, um, 
I ended up putting the pink foam on that one and carving it up. So it's got, looks like a rock. And I covered the pink foam with uh, some grout, sealed mm -hmm. that. Um, and then I've got a little, there's a little tree that goes in between the ground hide and the top hide. And I just use pink foam and then silicone that. And then on the silicone, I just stuck cork flat to it to make it fur. So it's a tree. Wow. Oh man, you have to send me some pictures of that. I don't think I've seen. Have you posted any of that? No, I have not. Okay, just, you, you gotta send me. Some I'm bad at pictures. I want, to, I, want to see it. <laughs> I want to see it. That sounds awesome. Ooh, yeah, dude. Right? Huh? Never. Go ahead. Oh. I was just saying. Yeah, you know, when, when I saw those, man, you you had my brain going all in all kinds of directions with oh. <laughs> with those with those hide boxes, man. There's all kinds of stuff. Then I saw you post a post a cage with a shelf in it the other day as well. And that's that's definitely something I'd uh, I'd want in my stuff. Yeah, that shelf is in Carly's cage. Oh, okay. Nice. So. Yeah. That's a, that's a nice cage for some. Yeah. For a gopher snake. Oh yeah, man. Or she goes all out, man. Cool. It's a freaking pimp mansion. Yeah. Yeah, that's something I've yeah. thought about. One like for green trees, when I have to separate the pair to feed, I like I'm often like, man, it would be so nice if I just had a divider that I could just slide in here, feed them, leave them like that for like 24 hours, and then pull it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because having to pull that male out, dude, and like dodging her and dodging him. They're like made of freaking Velcro. You know, they grab onto anything. Yeah. It's just like, ugh. I just want to divide. I feel, like, I feel like the divider would be hard, you know, with perches. Like one that you could easily yeah, take would. in and out. So all you would do is on your, on your, for your, basically think of it as two separate three foot cages. Or like you do a six foot cage. Yeah. You do two separate three foot cages and then your, the sides that would meet, you would just run. Or maybe a, all the way up and just cut out the majority of that bulk. Mm -hmm. And then you've got a couple support beams that run up and down. You can mount your uh, purchase to that support beam. Yeah. And then you've got openings on each side so they can still pass through mm -hmm. just fine. Yeah, that's that's okay. what I kind of figured it would probably come to, but that would just make life a lot easier. You know? Yeah, for sure. And then... If you did like a like if you took that same size rack that I have those green trees in that I got from you, um, turning that into like a if you did like a front opening thing, you could do like a dark Cages. frog tank, like a nice big yeah. one, something with a huge bromeliad in it, and uh, one of those species that just appreciates space. Oh yeah, for sure. So that's one of the things I'm always looking at is doing. Uh, like multi but multiple unit caging mm -hmm. so four feet long and it'd be you know four actual units inside of it okay like like four one by you know two by yeah. one or something like that yeah yeah see i've always so liked those use... but how do you heat that equally <sighs> the best way to do that and i mean it's it would be to run heat tape across the bottom and you just run a strip of heat tape across the bottom, mm -hmm. across the whole thing. I could just, you know, you route out a recessed area on the bottom paddle underneath 
put yeah. your heat tape there. So you've got a six inch strip that runs across the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's also the option of like, so if you, if you took like a six by two by two cage and split it up into three, two by two by two cubes, you know what I'm saying? You know, mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't be as cheap, but it, you could always, you know, contact pro panels and get one of those, you know, a smaller heat panel yep. for, you know, a string of, of two by two by twos. You know, yeah. I, I thought about that too and just make it to where you could take them out and make it, you know, a four foot and a two foot or a whole six foot cage, you know? Mm-hmm. Be, uh, and that's a another one of my thoughts is and it makes it really simple with the the current design that i'm using at that puzzle piece is i can just take a side panel out and i can actually you can just take that pop that whole flat side panel out and you can put in a new one and then it'd be the whole center of it's cut out so you could just butt two cages together that way and you can so if someone's growing with an animal yeah you know what you only need a two-foot cage because it's you know, a hatchling or whatever. But as it goes, I can buy another two foot cage and all of a sudden that two foot cage is a four foot cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and so, awesome. Yeah, I've always loved the just the idea of having like one unit, but it's divided so you can keep multiple animals in it. Like with green trees, you know, obviously yeah. a lot of my yeah. a lot of my caging and rack things I'm always thinking about those and sort of how I could make something that's a little more space efficient, but also, you know, does the job right. And I mean, man, you say, yeah. would you say most adult green trees can live in a three by two by two or would you go out to four? Uh, no, a three by two by two would probably be okay. A three by two by two. I just, I, yeah, I just, I've yeah. always preferred something that's I'm, like, I know a lot of guys like the cubes and they use the cubes, uh, just personal preference. So I'm just, they eat. do seem a little small. Yeah. But, I think they work better if you use a like if you got one of the smaller size pro panels or pro yeah. products panels just cuz yeah. that was actually something on the last GTP Keeper radio episode they were kind of talking about um I don't remember if it was uh buddy that was talking about it or if he was talking about someone else who was doing it but they were using smaller heat panels in cages just to have a more focused hot spot that Oh yeah made um, more Matt of a gradient Matt Minnetola from uh, Philly Herb, he's got the uh, little mini pro panel heat panels in his rough scale pipe on cages because mm-hmm. they're, in, I believe they're in cubes. And man, because that's where I first saw those, I was like, man, those are pretty sweet. Like, that's legit for a little, you know, nice little cube. But yeah. even for like, you know, if you want to start doing something like that, you think a three by two by two would be good. You know, make a six foot unit that's dividable like that and mm-hmm. have two cages in the one six footer, you know? Yeah. So on uh what is it? The Morelia Python radio, they just did the propagating difficult species mm-hmm. when they were talking about the Bolian Bolian's pythons. That's what that guy was doing is he's using a radiate heat panel to establish his you know ambient temperature, but right. then he's actually using fixtures, you know, with a bulb to gain that basking spot that he's wanting. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's using, you know, two heat sources right. as his overall for his cage. And that's, I mean, and that's, that's the way he's moving. Yeah, that's why I run my heat panels on thermostats. I keep those at a lower temperature because I'm aiming more for an ambient rather than a hot spot. Mm-hmm. You know, right. I'd rather the whole cage be upper 70s, low 80s, rather than just one spot that's, you know, 85. Right. 
So I guess I don't know, man. Like it's I get I I'm sure it's just mostly ingrained in me because like that it's how I started, how I learned. But there's always going to be that part of me that is fixated on having a warmer section of the cage and having a cooler section just to have that thermal gradient, you know, being mm-hmm. them being able to go back and forth. You know, I know there's so many people that are successful with ambient temperatures, with carpets, green trees, you know, whatever. But there's there's always that part of me whenever I think about it, about not having that, that gradient, that policy. You know, I don't know what it is, but... Well, and that's just, that's because that's what, that's what's been told for years. Yeah. Is you need a hot side, you need a cool side, and you've got to create that gradient, but your, you know, your cool side can't be too cold because then it'll only be on the hot side. Yeah. But yeah especially like, exactly. you know, monitors and things like that, they're hot spots, 150 degrees. But if you leave your cool side too cold, they will fry themselves sitting underneath yeah. that basking spot. Yeah. Right, but you couldn't have their whole entire cage at 150 degrees either. Yeah. So. Yeah, but just, that's just the way it's been ingrained in us. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, just, that's what I've learned just in as far as green trees go. You know. They, right. For sure. Like that isn't a species that operates at high temperatures. You know, yeah. They, no. Like I, I'm a firm believer that you know, 85 is fine for younger snakes, but I prefer once they start getting older to keep them in you know 82, like. And I've been doing that with most of mine now, and I don't have any problems. Like they, you know, I have some that love the hotter, the you know, the under the heat panel, and then I have some that hang out on the cooler end, and then I have some that just go back and forth. And I mean, they're all pretty much set the same. So I just, I, mean, I do I wish what... RBI made a smaller heat panel than what they like the smallest one they have. Yeah, I wish they made one that was they... like half the size of that. Yeah, they don't make little minis, <clears throat> but. Um, a lot of people do that. With, well, I wouldn't say a lot. I know people that, you know, keep carpets that way as well. They'll keep them just ambient temperatures of about 83, 84, mm-hmm. and yep. let them rock, you know. It's just at that temperature to where it's not cold enough to give them an RI, but, you know, warm enough to, you know, them, for them to digest properly. And, you know, so. It, See, it and I would almost say, and, and this is like my experience with my carpets, if ambient was 83, 84, it wouldn't bother me. You know, wouldn't bother any of my animals, but you know, in my animals' cages, the cool side is like 74, and yeah. the warm side is around 85. Mm-hmm. And right. I, half of my Darwins, I almost never see on the hot side. They're always on the other side where it's 74 degrees. Mm-hmm. That that's just I have I have one girl that I've never at any point in time have I ever seen her on the hot side, and it and I always like how hot is it over there? And I'm you know because. Yeah, because you think, it, it oh, is. it's too hot. Like they're hanging out on the cold end. Clearly, you know. Yeah. Reading the animal, yeah. that says it's too hot, and I've that's the I've run into that with green trees where I'm like, is it like is something off? And so I check the temperatures, and everything's fine. I'm like, what the hell? Like it's not even hot in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That the other day I had an animal soaking, you know, IJs in their water. Uh, but you know, I saw one soaking. I'm like, oh man, I hope it's not too hot because you don't usually soak. I hit the Hit it with the temp gun, and it was like 86, I think. I was like, well, that's not, that's not too hot. Like, you're fine. You know, I'm, I'm okay up to like 88, even 89. Mm-hmm. You know, with flex Y, you, it, it, it all varies. So if I can keep, if I can keep everything, everything between 85 to 89, I'm happy. You know, with that, that fluctuation. But, uh, 
I really like going 90. It's a little, little extra. Even 89 isn't my preferred. If I could hit it anywhere, it'd be 86, 87. But see, and I would agree with you on that. And there are guys out there that uh, I know for the his main thing he keeps is retics, berms, and like boas. And he keeps his stuff the hot sides like 96. Jesus. You know, and he, you know, and his reasoning behind it is that so that when he drops his temperatures, he doesn't have to drop them very much because a 10 degree swing is, you know, yeah, a 10 degree yeah. swing. That makes sense. I mean, and and that would be okay if they were in like <coughs> basically over, not oversized enclosures, but definitely bigger enclosures where, you know, they have more yeah, than enough yeah. space to get away from that. Like they, they might have like one small spot in the cage that gets 96, you know, directly under the heat source. But they can also get spots that are in the low 90s, high 80s, you know, that I could see. Something like a taller cage with a perch that's a little closer to the heat. And even that, yeah. I mean, and for him, that, that's his rack systems for oh, babies, for adults. That's just the way he runs. And it works well for him. He doesn't have any problems. And so I don't, I mean, I don't know what temperature he keeps his room at. Because if his, if his room is colder then, you know, quote unquote normal, maybe his hot spots can be high because his cool yeah, side is, kind you know, of compensating the a little bit. Yeah. yeah, but still 96, no matter what, it's, that's pretty tough. I mean, that's braver yeah. than I would be. I don't even think I'd keep yeah. the beards or the rat snakes in that, <laughs> that temperature. No, man, absolutely not. They wouldn't be able to stop moving and shitting. I mean, my beards, like my rack of beards, I think they're at 85 or 86, and it's not often, or, it's not uncommon for me to see them all sort of in the front of the tub because they're they're sideways tubs. They're not long, and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. it's not uncommon for me to see them, you know, hugging the front. But I'm like, I know you're not. It's not too hot. Like I know it's where it needs to be. But. Right. And I guess that's where that gradient is, man. It's like if I don't always see them over there, I don't pay attention to it. You know, they usually the way my carpets work, they'll eat, lay on the heat for you know two days come mm-hmm. out perch get in the water dish a little bit perch again eat repeat you know it's as long as i see them making that cycle you know because a lot of them are off the ground anyways you know and they're right in the middle you know if they're right in the middle that tells me they're cozy you know mm-hmm. they're not trying to get too warm they're not trying to you know get cold so as long as i see that cycle i'm happy I have the uh, both the Cyania. They're both in one of the Python portals from David, and they have one of the the smallest uh, Reptile Basics heat panels, the, yeah. the twenty six watt. And every night, like clockwork, the female especially, like she's because I have one of his perches that's lifted on uh, some half inch PVC legs, mm-hmm. and it's under the hot spot. And like every day, unless she's in a shed cycle, like I come home that afternoon, and as soon as the lights start going out, she just she crawls out and sits under that thing right on that perch. Soaks up to me. Yeah. Nice. But awesome, I mean, it's you're, just you're, those boy are so freaking. Cool. They are. It's a lot of people ask though. I mean, just in general with Morelia and conjures, especially, they're like, you know, what should the temperatures be? And it's like, well, you know, that's kind of hard to answer when you have animals that have individual preferences you know yeah. like my female she'll spend two months on the hot side and then she'll go sit on the cool side for two months and it's like nothing's changed so you can be thinking right. that maybe something's wrong but it's like sometimes people forget like they have a preference yeah 
Yeah. You know, you're going to have some animals that love the hot side. You're going to have some animals that love the cold side. Yeah. Yep. So that's why when people ask, you know, what should they be? Well, here's what I do. Mm-hmm. It's not, I'm not saying this is the, 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 you know, the, the light, you know, this isn't the exact science. This is just what I do this is what works for me. Not everybody does it like I do, and that's okay. It works for different people. See, anytime I've been asked that question, I usually tell people, especially if I'm talking to someone online and they're, especially if they're like in Georgia, there's no way you're going to keep your animal the same as I do keep my animals here in Colorado. That's not going to be the same. And I'll tell people, find someone. Got a jet. Yeah, it's as is, I'm sorry. Those are the jets. Goddamn jets. <laughs> but but I'll, I'll tell people, go find someone who's local to you and figure out how they keep, because that's going to set you on a much right, you know, the right path mm-hmm. for what you need to do. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you, everybody can make, you know, I, I say everybody. People, if somebody comes to you, you can make, you can absolutely make, you know, recommendations, you know, go off. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll ask questions, you know, okay, what's your ambient temperature? Like, what what's the room that you're keeping it in? Like what? What's you know, what's the temperature in there? You know, and then kind of go from there, and you know. But yeah, for sure, definitely, it's good to find somebody in your area that really knows, you know, knows how to run things. What happened? Huh? Huh? I heard a bang in the kitchen. I thought the dog was going through the trash. Oh. I was investigating. That's right. That's right. Justin also got a dog. You I did get a dog. You did say that in the. Uh, I know. What's, what's been happening? Well, I mean, I thought I we were. About, how'd you forget about Mr. Smile? I thought we were talking like reptile specific happenings. Well, I mean, yeah, but like a dog is a dog, so. He's right here it's with still me. Still an actually. important event in your life. Yeah, man. Come on. We care about you. Apparently he has anxiety that I'm not around, according to Katie right now. She's bringing Uh, him into the garage with me. uh, Interesting. Huh? I can hear. I can hear. He was. Oh, and he chewed on what pillow? Oh, you didn't like those pillows, anyways. He's a baby. (laughs) Look at this face. How can you say no? I know. Better hide that ladybug pillow too, because he he's tried to get that too. So, Jesus. no, he's sitting right here with me. What's up, buddy? He's so my new co-host. His, what's his name again? His name's Archib- hey. Archibald. Hey, Archibald. Archibald. All right. Yeah, Archie. he's my bud. He uh, we've had him for all of thirty-six hours. Yes. And me and him are best buds. Nice. Like he follows me around the house. He's my little my little furry shadow. <laughs> he's terrified of of the child because I don't think he's used to kids. <laughs> oh really? He's scared of her. I don't. He's not really scared. I think you can just tell he's like really not sure what to think of her. Like she More goes to pet him, and it's kind of like you see him side eyeing her. I'm like, oh, please don't do anything you're gonna regret. Yeah, don't don't be it. Don't don't be a dick. <laughs> But so he's I mean, wondering he's, why that person's so small. Yeah, I think so. I just I think he just hasn't been around kids. Yeah. 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 
He's uh, he's turning into a daddy's boy. Yeah. That's cool, man. He's done really well. That. Yeah, I mean, he's like he hasn't really had any accidents in the house. He like he was left at home all day today, and I I moved my uh the wise camera that I that I was using for the green trees. I moved it into the kitchen because we have this little bar uh, that overlooks like the the living room. And so I have that on there. And as soon as I leave the house, I start checking on him because like, that's usually when he has all his energy. And that's when I'm sure he's going to start chewing on things. And he's already apparently taken out two couch pillows. And he's, I don't know, he, I think he just gets bored. But Katie's been taking him yeah. to work with her the last half of the day. Like when she comes home on lunch, she'll take him with her to work and, you know. He's, we, we wanted something that wasn't huge, but we didn't want something that was a little ankle bite. So he's he's like 40 pounds. He's he's the right in-between. Yeah. Lay down, bud. Sit. So, so no, no Irish wolfhound for you? No, no. No mastiffs. No Irish wolfhounds. Don't even talk about mastiffs, bro. Oh, yeah. No, Too soon. Don't even, don't even do it. Too soon. Too soon. Oh. Yeah, man, it was weird. I was at my parents' house the other day, and it was the first time I'd been there. Since oh, I put man. Down. And, man, just, like, walking in the house, like, his Lambo, like, he shed. Mm-hmm. Like, you wouldn't believe. Like, yeah. he he would shed so much hair or fur, whatever. And every time you walked into my parents' house, like, they could have just vacuumed, and there'd be hair all over the place. And I walked in there, and it was spotless nothing in there and it was it was weird man it was just different you know there's no no big old oaks coming up to to say hi to me you know and uh it sucked i hated it yeah it's always rough rough. man yeah it's the worst part about pets man i want to take this guy to work with me but i know he's gonna shed everywhere and then i know like i don't want him to be around all that smoke Oh yeah, for sure. Now that the lounge is back open and stuff, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, he'd be inhaling. All Otherwise, that. I'd he'd be going with me everywhere, dude. Yeah. I'll do what yeah, all those other morons are doing and saying he's a he's my 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 emotional support animal. Uh, there you go. Which yeah. like for me, like ninety eight percent of that is just a cop out of I want to take my dog into Walmart without oh, repercussion. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you guys see that a lot so, of your job? Like people have dogs yes. with them, they're like, "Oh, it's my emotional support animal. You can't say anything." It's like, I mean, yes, I can. Limitations to that? Oh yeah, there is. In my state, anyways. So we when we we help out with, uh, we have what's called the Greeley Stampede, in our area, and it's it's the big fair in the area every year, and so people always try to bring their animals in. The only animal written in our state law is it is the potential for a dog, but you've got to be able to like justify your reasoning and we can ask you questions to determine this. And most people can't answer it because it's a load of crap. Um, Or you can have uh, a horse. So in Colorado, a horse can be your animal for your disabilities to help you. Because emotional support isn't recognized by the state. It has to be like a, you know. Like a legitimate service dog. dog. Yeah. 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 It has to be a legitimate service dog. And people get really upset. And they're like, what's your dog for? 
they're like, oh, it's an emotional support dog. Is that it? Yeah, okay, you can't bring your dog in. And they're like, what do you mean? Yes, I can't bring you. Yeah, don't know that and they just let them in. 90% of the stores where I'm at allow dogs to go in anyways. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty normal here. You know, I walk around, you know, if I go to Home Depot or whatever, there's always dogs in there and everything else. I see them. I think, people keep I bringing theirs into PetSmart here. Oh, what yeah. What the deal is. I don't know why people are bringing their pets to PetSmart. Yeah. Why would you do that? Because they got to bring their little one to see all their friends. Yeah. yeah. You got to get a picture of Santa. That's For right. Christmas time, buddy. <laughs> Oh, you know, like half those dogs are just scared shitless. Oh yeah. They're like, "What is that?" I bet you that Santa. It sucks to be him because you know he gets bit at least a few times every every oh, year. Oh yeah, dude. It's gonna it's happen. No, bad. he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He because doesn't. on that note, during one of my wonderful downtimes, what I consider a downturn in my life, I was a PetSmart employee. <laughs> hey, months, I, I played I the rules of Santa. Oh, and man. I took those pictures, and I lost the cool picture I had of the Burmese python that we had. Oh. Took pictures of. Him. <laughs> Lay down. Yeah, I was. Uh, the I, 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 what were you saying? <laughs> that I was the Santa. Oh, oh yeah. No, I worked at PetSmart for a while. I worked at one here while I was in high school, and then when I was out in Texas, I worked at one part-time um but yeah i actually there's christmas came around while i was in texas and um they actually asked me to do it but they ended up going with someone else and i was like oh thank god you're too small thank to be saying dude god yeah i know they said they're gonna sell something they said they're hey hey <laughs> you watch it buddy you're just mad because it's true <sighs> shut up i hate you Jake, how tall are you? Huh? How tall are you? I'm like 5'10". Okay, you're taller than me. Don't worry about it. 4'10". Uh, dude, I am not 4'10". You said I'm taller than you, Sean? Yeah. How tall are you? I'm 5'7". Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a little guy. Man. I'm a little guy. Hey, that's not bad, man. Little guys need love, too. I, I get you. I, I, I've only got... I don't have much on you, so... I still feel you. My my two best friends are very tall, so yeah. it's just a really to work because the majority of the people I work with are six foot plus, oh, and yeah. so I'm just a little guy. Yeah, that's how I feel. Justin and uh, my buddy Ty, you know, my two best friends, and uh, yeah, they're both. How tall are you, Justin? Six three. Six three, six four, something like that. Yeah, Ty is slightly shorter than that, I think. But, you know, I always feel small around them. But, you know. Do you have any, any plans for any new projects, Sean, in the next, like, year or so? You plan on getting into anything else, breeding-wise? So, yes and no. Um, I'm on a, it's on a little hunt. I'd like to expand colubrids a little more. Bears. Just because they're interesting and neat. Bear traps. Cool. <laughs> Potentially, potentially, but I, I'll be picky about my bears rats. I'll be picky about my bears rats. They're all nice. 
I only, I can't, and I don't, I'm sorry for my ignorance when it comes to Baird's Rats. I cannot remember the locality of the gunmetal gray with the orange, the one that everyone lights. Yeah, that's the the Loma Altas or Juno Roads, I think, is. have it too. Yeah, there's anything in that general like vicinity usually has that, that going on. <clears throat> See, and that, if, if I got Baird's, I would want it, that, that's where I'd want to start. Yeah. Hey, nothing well, wrong with knowing what you want, man. I think this but, time next year, mine should be of size and age. So, we'll see. Justin's going to be our, our Baird's dealer. Dude, I'm going to have like so many pairs of those things in the next two years. Dude, I'm gonna, I, I want some from you. I'm going to need a bigger incubator, dude. Sean, build incubators. Big ones. Big ones. Let, let me get shipping figured out first. Yeah. <laughs> let me make sure it can get there in one piece without FedEx yeah. jacking it up or UPS. Yeah. Beating it. Yeah, no, man. Having having my incubator is just like, uh, it's such a weight off my chest. Like, that's good. Like, for that aspect, I don't have to worry about that mm-hmm. ever or for a long, long time, hopefully. Man, a solid incubator is so. worth its weight in gold. It is, man. I, yeah, yeah. Sean, if you start making incubators, I'll one hundred percent get one of yours. But yeah, I got what I got. I feel like that would be considerably more involved. But that's also the the can't build a damn birdhouse in me. That's yeah. That sounds complicated. Well, and that's it's not overly complicated. The biggest the biggest thing you'd have to test is airflow. And how big the fan you need to put in there and stuff like that, and that's that's literally to figure it out is build one and run it for a while to see how the temps stay. And mm-hmm. well, I, I will say those little Govi temperature and humidity monitor things that Ian recommended, like I bought two of them, and I am just blown away at how legitimate those things are, man. Yeah. I've got one. I've got one that's for the incubator specifically in egg boxes. And then I've got another one I call the Traveler, and that's the one that I check cages and stuff with. And uh, it's it's insane. Like I can, it can, it logs it every hour. Um, but you can go through and look at like however long of a period you want to. It graphs it out on the app, and it's just Bluetooth, so it's nice for the egg box because I can actually check that. Like the range on it's actually really impressive too. Like I can lay in bed and check the temperature of my egg box. Which is in my closet. Nice. I mean, there's probably, uh, I don't know, ten yards between me and the egg box or the incubator, like through yeah. a door and everything. And I can, I don't even have to get out of bed to check it. Oh uh, yeah. And that thing is spot on. Like I have the thermostat set to eighty four, and that thing is like dead on. So it's really nice to have, because I'm always a little a little cautious about digital monitors like that, because you never know how well calibrated they are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And these things, dude, for 18 bucks, man, they are, like, if I could have freaking 10 of them, I probably wouldn't. I'm sure I'll buy more over time, too, because just, even just to have them around, you know, like, hey, I want to check the, you know, how hot it's getting in a dart frog tank. Um, I have it in the egg box, and it's been sitting in the egg box with those eggs since they went in. And I was wondering if, you know, the water, the hydrogen peroxide, you know, whatever would cause corrosion or something, but, I mean, it hasn't had any issues yet. I think it might be smart to get another one and then alternate it between egg, like egg boxes. Like give one right. 
some time off and kind of dry out a little bit, so to speak. But yeah. dude, those things, man, there's so many uses for those. You know, I put one in, in that rack with one of the chondros and of course it took a dump all over it. <laughs> so now I got to clean it off. But of course. Yeah, man, they're really nifty. It's, it's really handy. Nice. They're at least decently sturdy if, you know, they handled the dump and didn't fly yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. They're solid little units, man. It's just this little brick that has a little lanyard on it, um, mm-hmm. which makes it nifty because I, I hang it from some of the perches and stuff, and that gives me sort of a more accurate ambient reading. Right, yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's literally like a one-by-one one square. It's a little one-inch-by-one-inch, one inch, uh, maybe two inches, actually. But it's it's got so many uses, and I'm really glad Ian clued me in on them because those things are – I love them. I'm, I swear by them now. Nice. Awesome, man. For anyone that is wondering, you can get them on Amazon. It's G-O-V-E-E. There's a couple different models. Um, I just use There's one that has like an LCD screen on it and stuff like that. I just I got the basic ones, and I'm happy with those. And you can connect multiple units to the app, too, so you can go through the different units without having to close anything or anything like that. You just you sync them up with the app, and then when I want to check it, uh, I just turn on like the location, the Bluetooth setting on my phone, and then it automatically updates it as soon as it connects. But Jake, next time you're over, I'll show it to you. Do you know how many you can attach to the app? Um, I don't, but I'd imagine it's it's probably a lot because they all just keep that information. And then when it connects to the app, that's when it loads it all to it. So I don't see I don't see there being a, any major limit to that, but. Who knows? Only one way to find out. That's right. One of every enclosure. And it's nice, too, because, like, you can go to the app and maybe there was a power outage or something, you know, last night while you were asleep, but the power was back on by the time you woke up. You can go back and look and see how long that power was out and what the temperatures got to, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. And it's it's really, really nifty. So. Oh, yeah. I am sold. Be really good for humidors too. If anyone's looking for a good like humidor <laughs> monitor, right, buddy? Oh yeah. 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 Neon yeah. <laughs> colubrids. I actually plan on picking up some granite IJs. Yeah. Oh. I'm on inlands, man. I don't even, I think the G-Lander is the only one that I know of that produces them, like, regularly. I'm sure Mutton does. Yeah, Burke does, too, I think. I don't know. I want to say he bred his last year or the year before that. I don't know how long he's been producing them, but I'm I'm, I'm waiting. I'm going to try and figure out how to how to get my hands on some. I tell you, I think G-Lander's got some of the nicest inlands I've ever seen. Like, holy... Shit, my care. They're out of this world, man. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, man. Like, part of me, there's, there's been a part of me lately that's been wanting to get more variety of colubrids. But if I did that, I would have to scale back on some of my carpets. And we all know I that's not gonna happen. Could, yeah, I don't know if I could do that. 
So yeah, don't do that. No. That just means you have to get a bigger place. Yeah, but bigger place, more animals. And, uh, yeah, maybe in the future, but I got I have too many carpet projects coming up, man. I've got, I've got such a variety right now that so many things I'm excited about. And his ball python. Uh, yep. Spurgeon. That's right. Spurgeon. Just chilling. Just chilling. Like a villain. Yeah, man, I'm I'm so stoked about these babies, man. There's there's a couple there. I think there's like three or four that I'm gonna be probably paying extra close attention to. They just they, they kind of stick out from the rest of them. And, uh, well, I could have told you that from pictures and said, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to uh, I need to go through and take some better pictures of them. I really want to get a. I've been looking at light boxes, and I really want to get a light box and start taking some better pictures because I'm actually using a Nikon camera now. I'm doing more photography, more Are outside you fancy stuff. Right? Now? More outside stuff, but I want to start doing some I, inside stuff with the snakes. I have a light tent you can probably have because I don't use it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I might, uh, might have to snag that. You can't have the lights, but you can have the actual tent. Okay figure out something for yeah there's like these there's these kits you can get on amazon that are like 30 or 40 bucks that come with the lights and the domes and the stands and the yeah nothing special but that's what i got and i just i quickly decided that using the light box was just too much of a pain oh really yeah that's just me just setting everything up i'm just not patient enough it's like i just want to take the damn picture and move on yeah i hear you well, it's good if you're going to take a lot of pictures with like several animals. You can set it up, and so you can repeat the exact same lighting and everything every time. Right. Well, it's also a pain when you're dealing with like carpets that refuse to sit still, or oh, yeah. any kind of colubrid. You know, with green trees, it's super easy because they don't go anywhere. But having it, like, trying to take pictures of a, a you know a small IJ or something that just won't sit still, it's really really that's, really frustrating and that's pretty much why all my pictures of my stuff are mostly tub shots mm -hmm. because like i open it up and like don't move anything and that's why i take my pictures because that's usually the only time they're sitting still as soon as i try to move them at all that they don't stop the pictures <laughs> yeah so but I'm still I trying to figure out. oh sorry no go ahead I'm still trying to figure out how to take pictures of one of the girl little little girl IJs I got because no matter if you could be six feet away and she's trying to bite you. <laughs> oh she's yeah. Striking away as soon as that thing opens. She's a hellion. Oh yeah. I'm I'm not gonna lie, and I know Jake is gonna feel really he's he's gonna like rub this in my face, but I'm actually kind of excited to breed mine in the next like two or three years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. No. You're just seeing there is all the because way Jake's gonna be like, "Oh, see, you like those. You you yeah. actually enjoy them." Yeah, oh, dude, be excited. They're IJs, man. They're so cool, dude. Yeah, bro. I just don't You're you're finally seeing the light. Is all. Yeah. I mean, so I have a pair. It. I don't want He's any more seeing, than a pair. He's seeing the darkness for what it really is. <laughs> Yes. Start doing hybrids like Billy. Do some. some so does that mean? Does, does that mean hey, you're gonna hey, you're gonna get a collection and sell me all the babies? Huh. Huh. 
I oh, laugh man. because watch those be some of the nicest pop ones you've ever seen, and you can't have one, Bratz. Oh, that would be nice. I don't know. Yeah, you were like, like he was. He was sort of like, dude. One's really dark and one's really light. I don't really think that'll 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 look like those. I don't think you'll you'll get what you hope to get. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, uh, there's gonna you're you're gonna have some animals that go either way, you know. But like, I was mostly just fucking with you. I don't really, I don't care. You know, people put together what they do. I'm for kind. I'm specific with my stuff because it's like you know, carpets are what I do. You know, you you have two carpets. They're they're both pure pop wins. One's farm bred. One's an F one. Heck, no matter what, they'll they'll be sweet though the babies. Let me tell you that. Show you how it's done. Yeah, go ahead. I'll school you. I'm gonna laugh so hard if you don't produce them, produce any of the first year you try. I'm gonna laugh in oh, your yeah? face because how much crap you've given me about how easy they are. <laughs> so is Justin gonna become the next Owen then? Not be able to produce poplins? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> God, I hope so. I would laugh all the way to my racks. All days. the way to the bank. Yeah, from all the PayPal he gets from people buying his. Yeah, no, but you know. Oh, I finally figured yeah, out I the mean, mystery is why. What? I was just gonna say, you know, I know, I know, you're mostly messing with me before, but if you actually wanted like a female, she'll make like a little trio. I might be able to. Oh, might be able to get. Well, you let me know. We'll see. We'll mm. see. So just, just for, just for GP, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, what are you saying? I was saying I finally figured out the mystery as to why the corn snakes haven't been breeding, and it's because I have two females together. Hey, that'll do it. I took I took a double hey. a d- double look at the male quote unquote the other night, and I was like, man, that ain't a male, that's a female, damn it. But on a positive note, that's better than two boys in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I'm not complaining. I mean that that one that is the male is smaller and probably needs another year or so before it it's egg ready, but. I think about, the other one I got recently is, in fact, a male. So as soon as he comes out of quarantine and I make sure that he's on the up and up, I'm going to see if he'll get it done. Yeah, I was about to say, I thought that uh, that wildcat you got recently was a, uh, you said was a male. Yeah, he's he's going to shed soon. I'm really anxious to see what he looks like. This is like the, yeah. the jungle skin coming off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's always exciting. Have you tried to feed him yet? Uh yeah, I've given him a little bit of panicure. Oh, okay, Is he, he's eating for his mod. Oh, dude, he's like he hammers it. He does the whole like wrapping coil like it's a live thing. He oh he's yeah. a monster, dude. Yeah, dude, he's a he's a wild one, man. They constrict from the wild. They're 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 not like these corn snakes in captivity. I know some I've seen mm-hmm. some corns that'll wrap around and constrict, but man, they've been. They, a lot of them just don't. Okay. Dude, that, wild caught corn, wild yeah. caught corns, and wild corns in general. You can forget about it, man. They'll wrap, they'll wrap their food. That little them. yearling female I have, that's such a, a looker, dude. She does that anytime I feed her. Like the whole king snake. You know how you've seen king snakes do it, where they like their entire body is just a giant yeah. coil. Like they, she does that. Yeah. She turns that's into like a little funny, spring. Man. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. That's my favorite thing about king snakes, honestly, is when they take that food. Because we had when I was in Texas, we had a little brooks, and I actually ended up kind of liking it, liking the thing. It's kind of annoying. I always wanted to bite and rattled and pissed everywhere, but it, he was cool. He would grab his he'd grab his food and just wrap his entire body about around it. It's funny. 
Yeah. Need to get my hands on some Trans Pecos rats too. Those are those are very yeah. at the top of the list for me. <laughs> like those Dude, in England. Really... What do you say, Sean? So Trans Pecos, those are awesome. Yeah, oh, man. yeah. Those in Rhino Dude, rats I again. I don't know what it is, man. I've I've been wanting some North American rat snakes real bad recently. Like I just like I just want a pair of yellows. I want some bears. Man, I yeah, wish I had saved. There was this, someone did a post of this really, really, really good-looking yellow rat, man. I should have sent it to you the other day because it made me like the gears started turning. I was like, dude, we need to we need to pursue that. Dude, I'm 100 percent for it, man. I uh, I I don't know I don't know what it has been lately, but I just like I want I want some bluebirds and know, rat snakes. I don't know, like especially with species like that that aren't really bred that much, just because they're so common in their range that yeah. people are just like whatever. But like, I don't, you I don't, don't know. There's something really, about that that just is appealing. You don't see you don't see yellow you don't see yellow rats in the hobby, man. Like legit, I don't. I've rarely ever seen just a normal yellow rat snake for sale at a table. You know. I mean, I it's, see them on king snake all the time, but they're like wild caught. Oh really? Wild caught babies, yeah. Yeah. But pretty much the only way I've ever seen them is and king snake or on an importer or whatever, you know, random dude's table. Yeah, work ran outside of Columbia show and caught it real quick. Yeah, he was crossing the parking lot, grabbed it, yeah, throw it in the Snagged it on his way there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. I want some yellows. Want some want some bears. One day, one day I'm gonna have greens. That, that's kind of my ultimate goal. I want green rat snakes really bad. Yeah, those are neat too. Those things, those things are. Uh, I don't know what it is about them, but they are just so cool looking to me. So, but hopefully one day, y'all. We are at about an hour and a half. Yeah. It's a uh, good spot to end it. And of course, this episode was brought to you by the one and only Sean Wagner with MP Cages and Exotics, who is here with us today. He's the man. He's amazing. He's the man. He's amazing. He's a god. Go follow him. Buy a cage. Do something. Buy a rack. What are you doing? Come here. Oh, you're trapped in the <laughs> And then also Steve Kennedy with Steve Snakeshuary. Venom um, hot sauces. Venom hot sauces. Get them while so they're after, hot. Yes. So after you go hit up Sean about your custom cage rack, why don't you go celebrate with sauce, shots dude? of hot sauce? Yeah, it's delicious. So Justin and I have tried it. If you want to see a YouTube video about that, you can check it out on our YouTube page. Yeah, remember when we um, used to very, do videos? Very good. Yeah, remember I remember when we used that. to hang out, dude. Why don't don't do that to me? Don't I'll give you the sad eyes. Don't give me your sad eyes. You know I can't handle your puppy eyes. Mm-hmm. Don't do it to me. But Sean, thank you very very much for joining us today and doing my redo. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, man, I'm we sure. gotta have a redo. I wasn't there. We gotta have Sean on yeah. again. Yes, was like we're doing right. it again. I don't care. <laughs> I'm going pretty much. Yeah, I mean, like, I kind of, you know, every, you know, everybody knows Jess and I do the one-on-ones. You know, we try to do one at least once a month. Um, and I also, you know, I want to try every now and then just doing like a just a laid-back episode with a couple guys. You know, a couple weeks ago we did Billy, Billy and Phil. You know, just have mm-hmm. somebody on to 
do something casual, shoot the shit, you know. I definitely think you're going to be on the list of people to shoot shit with on the show. So, we yeah, uh, we really need to get Rob Stone back on, man. You weren't here for that one. Yeah, no. That guy's got he's done so much stuff. He's just yeah. He gave me shit about it at a Northeast Carpet <laughs> Fest. He was like, "You finally get somebody on there who loves Nerodia as much as you do, and you're not there." And I'm like, "Okay, all right, this is what we're doing." Okay, but. <laughs> All righty, y'all. Take it easy, everybody. It's been real. It's been fun. This is Jacob Ross. It's been real JLP Morelia signing off. Later, y'all. Later.